Hello, and welcome to Eyes on Success, a weekly program covering a wide variety of topics of interest to people with vision loss. I'm Nancy Goodman Torpy. And I'm Pete Torpy. We have a few programs that actually incorporate children's books, what we call print braille books. We have the Children's Braille Book Club, which is like a traditional book club. Uh, then we have another program called Great Expectations. And you can buy the book. And for each book, we have nine free online activities that have been created specifically for blind children. And that comes from the National Braille Press, an organization that our family certainly made use of when our kids were young. No matter what your age, interests, career, educational status, chances are the National Braille Press offers something for you. We'll talk with Cassell Wilson, editorial director of the National Braille Press, about their offerings. But first for our tip of the week. This week's tip comes from Cassell Wilson. One of the really fun products that we do that people are always anticipating is books of inspirational quotes. And so the first one was Sunday morning quotes with the idea that there's 52 quotes and every Sunday you'd, you'd, you know, you'd flip to the next page and have your quote for that Sunday. And this has been so popular that we did Sunday all the way through to the next Sunday. Uh, seven, you know, Sunday morning quotes, Monday morning quotes, Tuesday morning quotes. And now we're all the way back to volume two. And the next one would be Saturday Morning Quotes, Volume 2. So we've, we're going we're gonna to produce 14 of these booklets by the time we're done. So the whole idea of these booklets is just these really uh, short inspirational quotes to guide your day. Or if you're a beginning Braille reader, small little nuggets of content that will help you to practice without being overwhelmed. So I guess the, the tip of the day <laughs> for me is like I am always on the hunt for inspirational quotes because I have to produce so many of these books. And so every day I'm always looking for an interesting quote that I can add to the next quote book. So I guess my tip of the day would be to always look for the magic because that's what I have to do. This job makes me every single day look for an inspirational quote. Support for Eyes on Success is provided by APHConnectCenter.org, empowering people toward independence and success by providing blogs, information, and resources for individuals of all ages who are blind or visually impaired. Information and referral line are at 1-800-232-5463. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Let's start by meeting Cassell. My name is Cassell Wilson, and I am the editorial director at National Braille Press. And what does the editorial director do? Well, I have my hand in all sorts of things, but uh, first and foremost, I, I report to Tony Grimma, who is the vice president of Braille Publications, uh, and we work very closely together to develop the publishing plan for National Braille Press every single year. So basically what that involves is I am selecting products uh, for publication or I am creating products for publication. So the difference between those is we do publish some books that are 
already published materials, like let's say Harry Potter or Dr. Seuss book, we will select already published materials and then we'll decide to produce them in Braille to make them available to our community. So that's one type of book that we publish. But the other type are original publications. And those would be books that I'm literally creating new with authors as commissioned works. So the majority of our technology books are original works created with authors. And that is a big, big part of what I do. So often it's about understanding what people are interested in, what people need, and then coming up with different ideas for books and then finding the right author to write that book and then commissioning that book and working with the author to actually create that book. So that's the more traditional publishing side of what we do. Interesting you should mention that because we have done several episodes with Judy Dixon, who's one of your preferred authors. Most recently, it was a book that she co-authored with Bonnie O'Day about exercise, but she's written a number of National Braille Press specific books about whatever topic. I don't know. We talked to her about taking photographs if you can't see, and that was another book that she had written for the National Braille Press. That's correct. So actually, Judy and I, we have, I think we've done 11 books together so far. Uh, She's a great, great writer, someone I really enjoy working with. And the way we work together is, is sometimes she's coming to me with a book idea, and then we'll brainstorm it together and then move ahead with it. And then about half the time I have an idea and I'm convincing her like, here's a book I want to do. And I think you'd be the right author for this. But either way, the process is generally the same in that the very first thing we're doing is we're deciding what the book is, who the intended audience is, how long it will be. And then we develop a table of contents together to make sure we're on the same page in terms of exactly what the book will cover. And then from there, there's the uh, writing of the rough draft. And then we're working together on the rough draft to get to a final manuscript. But it's a it's a whole process of working hand in hand with the author to go from idea to finished product. And Judy and I have done that many, many times across a whole different range of topics. We just work together really, really well. Um, I enjoy her intellectual curiosity. Uh, and I venture to say she would say the same about me. She's just someone I really enjoy creating works with. So most of our listeners and most of your clients have visual impairments or other print disabilities. Do you? I do not. I am sighted. And how did you get into this business? So the majority of my career has been spent in the publishing industry. So I've worked for a lot of different publishing companies in a lot of different editorial capacities. Uh, and in a range of different content categories. So I've worked on technology books, math books, so on and so forth, a whole bunch of different types of content categories. So when I came into this role, it was a natural fit, even though the ultimate product is produced in Braille and other formats. It's really the exact same thing that I've done most of my career, which is developing original content with authors. Eyes on Success is made possible in part by our corporate partners. Underwriting pairs the impact of targeted marketing with the integrity of community goodwill. Learn more by sending an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. 
This week's focus topic is some of the products and services available for people of all ages and all interests from the National Braille Press. Well, Cassell, you talked about the National Braille Press a little bit in your introduction, and we have a particular fondness for the National Braille Press since we've been using their services for many years. Early on, when our kids were born, we bought a bunch of your print Braille books that I read to our kids, and they were able to see the pictures and the print while I read the Braille, and the Braille described some of the pictures. And then when I was working at Xerox as a research physicist, I remember buying some of your technical manuals, including the Braille copy of Kernighan and Ritchie's Programming C, which is sort of the Bible of C programming, which was very helpful to me in my career. So you offer a wide range of services, and I wonder if you can give us a summary of what your resources are and the types of things that you do publish for people. Sure. It would be difficult to give you a comprehensive uh, listing of even just the technology books we do because we've published so many. But what I can say is that I try to make sure that we have every major operating system represented. So we have books on Android, we have books on Mac OS, iOS. Uh, I also try to make sure that we have uh, resources for different devices, so both computers and mobile devices. You know, when I first got here, some of the technology books were very much just like how-to books. Here's how to use iOS. Here's how to use Mac OS. We tried to make sure that's covered across all platforms, but then expand into what we call the intersection of technology and human interest to go into some more everyday technology, let's say like online dating or using online delivery services or using different visual assistance services, you know. So our technology offerings are really robust and I would say quite comprehensive. If there's a technology need that you have, and whether you're a beginning user or an experienced user, I think that you'll find we have a technology book for you. So quite a broad spectrum. Quite a broad spectrum. That's, that's, that's correct. You mentioned you also publish novels and some other books which are pre-existing in non-accessible formats. And you mentioned specifically Harry Potter. I understand that you developed a special relationship with the publisher so that you got a copy of that enough before it was released to the public so that you could release it to blind youngsters the same day. Yes, that was before my time, but that's sort of one of the really amazing groundbreaking things that my predecessor did, Diane Croft. Uh, we released the Harry Potter books at the stroke of midnight, just like all traditional publishers, which meant that we had to have the manuscript in advance. Now, if you can sort of bring yourself back to this time period, back when bookstores had printed copies of the books, they were literally under armed guard. So that's how protected the Harry Potter manuscripts were. So for us to get it in advance so that we could produce it in Braille was really, really quite, a, quite an accomplishment. But that was before my time. So these days, um, do you have an arrangement with the publishing houses so that you get a digital copy of the book and all you have to do is spit it out in Braille? We don't produce books all by one methodology. It really depends on the book that's selected. So for instance, 
a children's picture book we're producing in a different way than if we want to reproduce, let's say, a cookbook. But in general, we're not getting uh, a manuscript from a publisher. That's generally not how we proceed, although we have in some circumstances, but, but not generally. How does it work? Well, it really depends, again, on what type of publication we're producing. So if you look at something like a children's picture book, we produce ultimately what's called a print braille book. So in that case, we literally buy physical inventory of these picture books, and then we will cut the spine off, and then the text of the book is transcribed by our transcribers into braille, and then that braille is printed onto clear adhesive sheets, which are then adhered back onto the physical pages, and then we rebind the book. So in in that circumstance, that's a, a production method unique to picture books. Something like a cookbook, once I select a cookbook, the production department would get a copy of that book or uh, an, an e-copy, like a PDF, and then extract text, and then the text would be transcribed and then would be produced in Braille. And I guess in some circumstances, as with Judy Dixon, who writes some of your in-house books for you, you actually play the editor role. Well, yeah, absolutely. In, in all of the original publications, I'm playing the editor role. Um, so those are manuscripts that were working together in a Word document, um, and then we would submit the final Word document to production, and then it would be produced. But yes, it's called developmental editing. So it's two-part. It's it's acquisitions editor and then developmental editor. So I'm acquiring titles, and then I'm working as a developmental editor with the author. And what that means is I'm not just looking at small things like grammar or syntax. I'm, I'm very much often playing almost a co-author role. It's a very collaborative process literally developing the content, developing the table of contents, uh, and developing the work from rough draft to finished manuscript. So it's a highly collaborative endeavor. A number of years ago, Nancy and I had the opportunity to actually get a tour of your facilities and see some of the equipment that was used to produce these books. Can you talk a little bit about what's involved there and what kinds of special equipment you use for different kinds of books? That had to be 25 years ago. We brought our kids, who at the time were fairly young, with us, and it was really impressive, but I assume almost everything has changed. Well, you'd be surprised. It might, in fact, be very similar in some ways. I know that the presses that we use are these old Heidelberg presses. Yep, same ones. Yeah, which are over 100 years old. So I'm on the editorial side, so I can't really speak a lot to our production capabilities. After I, for instance, create content with authors, I submit it to production. They handle the transcription and the production and manufacturing, the printing, binding, collating, whatever production methodology is needed. Um, so that's not something I'm directly involved in. I'm involved in acquiring and creating content. You may not be involved in this bit either, but the National Braille Press is still called the National Braille Press. But I understand that you produce most of your books in a variety of accessible formats. Can you talk about some of those? Absolutely. We, as much as possible, try to produce it in multiple formats. So our typical 
publication would be available in hard copy Braille and also in BRF and also in DAISY format. And if it's something that is an original publication and we hold a copyright to, we'll also make it available in Word. Those are the standard formats. For some particularly popular titles, we used to also make it available in EPUB format, although we're moving away from that. And then for some publications, we do make it available in large print as well. But that's the general strategy to make it available to as many people. We have some readers who only read hard copy Braille, and we have some readers that only read eBraille. And so we like to make sure that we have something for everyone. I guess one of your main missions at the National Braille Press is to promote Braille literacy, which seems to be more and more of an issue these days. When I was young, if you were blind, you were forced to learn Braille. That was the only method you could communicate literally with other people. But these days, there's so many good speech synthesizers built into our devices, and people tend to use that instead of Braille. So a lot of people aren't learning Braille these days. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the importance of Braille literacy Sure, certainly. It's a great question. In terms of consuming content, there's definitely been some shift towards eBraille or DAISY. Some of our younger audience likes to consume electronic Braille more than hard copy Braille, maybe due to space issues or issues of convenience. But the flip side of consuming content is creating content. And so Braille obviously fills a need there when you want to take notes in class or you want to maybe create content, write a letter, or if you're concerned about issues of privacy and independence. So Braille always will help to achieve those ends. And in terms of Braille literacy, we sort of take a step back and say, actually, we're about literacy, right? And if you're blind, then Braille is the path to literacy. But really, the bigger picture is literacy in general. And Braille is the means to literacy if you are blind or low vision. You know, I think Braille is particularly important in a professional environment, although I primarily use speech these days to read most documents, I always keep a Braille display on my computer. You know, when you're sending out memos to your colleagues and writing documents, you really want it to look proper. You want it to be spelled properly. And that sometimes doesn't happen with speech because speech can skip over much of that stuff for you. I see so many web pages that are made by blind people that if you look at it in Braille, it just, you could tell that it's not so pleasing to sighted people. Yeah, when it comes to creating content, it's, it's a, such a, a very good point. And actually, you mentioned the workplace. When I talked before about the different types of technology books, one area that I forgot to mention is, you know, I mentioned sort of where human interest and technology intersect. Well, another area that we've been producing books for is what we call the job skill category. And that's sort of where work and technology intersect. So we have produced publications for uh, people to be able to continue on the path of pro professional development, just like anyone, keeping up with the technology that's used in the workplace, uh, producing documents that are visually appealing, creating, uh, matter of fact, a, a, a Dixon book that we're putting out shortly that I just finished creating with her is all about how to make really visually appealing presentations, newsletters. So let's say at work, you can volunteer to be the person who, who makes the next presentation, or in your church, you can be the person who makes the flyer for the bake sale, the neighborhood bake sale or whatever. So in terms of producing content, 
I don't think Braille is ever going to go away because of exactly the issues that you've raised. A number of years ago, the National Braille Press was working on a project, I think it was called the Braille to Go, which was an attempt to make a low-cost Braille display to make these things more affordable and so more people could make use of Braille. And I'm wondering if you're still involved in projects like that to pursue that search for lower cost Braille displays. So yeah, we had the product called the Braille to go, and that was an Android based device. And that device is no longer available. Um, But we have started to distribute something called the Braille me, which we're a distributor of, but we have a division of the company called the center for Braille innovation. And that's primarily head up by Brian McDonald, our president. And he is always at the cutting edge of, of Braille innovation and Braille technology. So we're always looking at ways to drive down the cost of technology Uh, If you just look even at our community, you know, the people who buy products from National Braille Press, we have a whole range of income levels and experience, you know, technology experience levels. And so obviously one of our goals is to have products available for the entire spectrum of our community. Well, hopefully someday that goal of achieving a really low cost Braille display will be achieved. Earlier, we talked a little bit about your books that you make for blind children or blind parents. Can you expound a little bit upon that program? Because I really think it's a great program. Oh, absolutely. So we have a few programs that actually incorporate children's picture books, what we call print Braille books. We have the Children's Braille Book Club which is like a traditional book club. You can be a member of the club and we send you a new print Braille children's book every month. Uh, Then we have another program called Great Expectations. And that one's really fun. That we have eight different books on different topics. And you can buy the book. And then we have a website. And for each book, we have nine free online activities that have been created specifically for blind children that sort of engage with the topic of the book. And I'll give you an example. The last Great Expectations book was called Grumpy Monkey. And it's this really fun children's book about this this grumpy monkey and the various moods that he has. And the online activities are all about themes related to this book. So um, about, let's say, body language and facial expressions and, you know, how to like sort of reset a bad mood, right? And, you know, we just sort of explore the whole topic of moods and emotions. And if you look at Great Expectations, we have a book about, let's say, money, and then one about color and one about, you know, cooking and so on and so forth. So each book deals with a different theme. And then the online activities explore this theme. And it's really, really fun. Um, And the Children's Braille Book Club, one of the innovative things that has happened recently is that used to be just a paid subscription program and through some really generous uh, donations and foundations getting involved and supporting us we've been able to open that up to hundreds of children as a free subscription program oh that's wonderful We, as Pete mentioned earlier, have a particular soft spot for that children's print braille book club. And we purchased dozens of those when our kids were little. And they are now in their mid-30s. And we now have two young grandchildren. And 
They love the print Braille books, too. One of them's particularly fond of Tacky the Penguin, and the other one is particularly fond of Corduroy. And every time we see them, we have to read those two books as bedtime stories. So you've you've done a great service for lots of—I mean, these are perfectly healthy, sighted kids, but Grandpa's blind, and so we still have the print Braille books— yeah, and that's one of the things that's so wonderful about these print Braille books. And I believe that National Braille Press was the first, if not one of the first uh, companies to produce this, is you can have the reading of a book be this shared experience between a blind and a sighted individual. So as you mentioned, it could be, let's say, a, a blind grandparent with a sighted grandchild or a sighted grandparent with a blind grandchild. But you can have that shared reading experience together because there's both the print and the Braille in one publication. And, you know, one of the things about the Great Expectations program that I just mentioned is this, this program is all about bringing picture books to life for, for young blind children. So every book also has these really robust picture descriptions so they can understand sort of what's happening visually with the book um, and then all the different activities that are based around exploring the themes in that book. Yeah, the National Braille Press serves the entire range of population with vision loss who needs to read materials in other formats. It's a great service. It's definitely something that's really fun to be a part of, and uh, I've really enjoyed the opportunities here to pr produce new innovative content and also bring content that normally wouldn't be available, bring that into the community as well. So there's really nothing off the table. We will produce or publish material across any content category for any age, really, if there's a need or an interest within our community. You are listening to Eyes on Success. 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 Now for this week's final item, how to learn more about the National Braille Press and how to contact both the organization in general and Cassell Wilson specifically. Well, we talked a lot about the National Braille Press and the kinds of services that you offer. Can you tell us how people can get in touch with the National Braille Press or where they can find them? Yeah, sure. So our website is nbp.org, and that's pretty straightforward. It stands for National Braille Press, so nbp.org. And, of course, if someone wants to get in touch with me, they can contact me at kwilson, so K-W-I-L-S-O-N, at nbp.org. So, for instance, if you're an aspiring blind writer out there and you have a book idea, you want to pitch it to me, go ahead and get in touch with me. I would love to hear from you. Is there a phone number for people who prefer that? Yeah, if you want to contact me directly, my number is 617-425-2413. And I know the National Braille Press has a social media presence. We do. We do. Just the traditional channels that most companies have. I believe we have a Facebook page and we tweet. So the standard social media presence. And if you're looking for any of that contact information, it will be in the show notes associated with this episode at www.eyesonsuccess.net.
That's it for show number 2221. Next week on Eyes on Success, we'll be talking about the latest version of the Voice Dream Reader for the Mac. The award-winning Voice Dream Reader app is used by many voiceover users and others around the world to read and listen to documents in many formats. Originally developed for iOS, this powerful productivity tool is now available on macOS. We'll talk with the developer, Winston Chen, about the app, its features, and its development. It's an app that I've been making use of for several years now, and I think you'll enjoy it. So tune in for that episode. You've been listening to Eyes on Success, hosted and produced by Nancy Goodman Torpy and Peter Torpy. You can access the full archive of previous shows, subscribe to the podcast, and much more by going to our website, www.eyesonsuccess.net. If you have questions about anything you've heard on the show or have suggestions for future shows, send an email to hosts at eyesonsuccess.net. Thank you for listening and have a nice day.